you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 6 tonight. Daniel chapter 6. One of the characteristics of God's people is that they are people who pray. And we've been looking at uh, people of prayer in the Bible and trying to build our prayer life into what God would have us to be. We've looked at uh, Noah, a praying father. We've looked at Paul and, and praying powerfully. And we looked at Moses and uh, praying personally. We looked at Hannah. Hannah, she prayed specifically. And looked at Jacob, and Jacob prayed victoriously. Elijah prayed fervently. And tonight I want to close out this series of people of prayer. Uh, Daniel, praying courageously. I want to say that again. God's people are people who pray. Paul, Paul said it, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God. And, and Paul was so innovated about prayer that he said pray without ceasing. He talked about putting on the whole armor of God and he, he gives us the outline of a, that we ought to put on and then he said take the, the sword, the word of the God and we know that is the, the word of God. And he said Praying always in the spirit. The spiritual state of the church, and listen to me, the spiritual state of the church is always going to be conditioned by its prayers and those who are praying. Would you agree with me that if the church is on life support in these last days that we know that's going on, the only thing that will wake it up is the power of God God's people need to get to uh, uh, be a praying people. Needs to be back on their knees praying. We are, and we find all through the Word of God, there are, there are marks of that that people will pray. There are so many answers that we're looking for and trying to find in the days that we live in today. We're, we're grappling on how to fix problems and the, and, we're, and the world is looking at the church and uh, they want to see what are we going to do about it, how we're addressing the, the issues, how we're uh, going to cope with the uh, issues of the day, how we're going to uh, settle with these things and these matters that's going on in the world today. And I'll tell you the truth, I, I've been struggling with it. I, I've been wrestling with it. And I come to the truth of the matter that the only thing that I know to do and the only thing that I can admonish the church to do in these last days is get back on your knees and pray and seek God of heaven who hears and answers prayers. God's church needs to be a praying church. You can be a large church or you can be a small church, but if you're not a praying church, it comes to no avail. You, you can be a religious church, but without prayer, it's all in vanity. You can have platforms and, and lights and, and programs, uh, but if you're not a praying church, you'll not see the power of God. And that's what we need today, is the power of God back in the church. So that the world can see it and understand the difference in us is Christ and Christ crucified. That we have a living hope and, and that we have the answer. 
I wonder, do we see us praying as we ought to pray? Disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. They didn't ask them, Lord, uh, uh, teach us how to do it. They says, teach us to pray. And here's the great anomaly to the church in the last days is we don't see the church praying. We try to muster up uh, or some re- re- repetitiveness or repetition, mechanical, or just some uh, soft words that we've learned through the years and try to give them to God. I wonder when was the last time you got in agony with God in prayer. And I'm not trying to guilt you, but I'm trying to move your heart into a way that awakening you into the presence of God in our lives tonight. When was the last time that you cried when you prayed? When was the last time you really saw the face of God when you prayed? When was the last time that you travailed in agony and, and, and with God when you prayed and you, you laid down on your face and you cried unto God, seeking God, knowing that the only way that you can solve what's going on in your life is through prayer and getting a hold of God and God getting a hold of you? The mark of faith It's not that we come to this building and not that we come to this church. It's not that we come dressed up. The world sees us doing that every Sunday and every Sunday night and Wednesday night and that does not move the world. But what's going to move the world is that when they see us praying in the power of God, seeking God, and that power changing our lives. So they can see the hope of Christ in who we are and who He is. Would you agree with me? We need to be a kind of people who pray, and such as Daniel. If there ever was a man that prayed, it was Daniel. I love to read a whole chapter, chapter 6, but I'm sure... You've read it before and you've heard this story before over and over and it just gets gooder and gooder every time I read it. And I don't know if that's good English, but that's good for me. But I, I want to just read a couple of verses here to just give you the, the gist of what I want to do with the, uh, trying to close out this series of prayer and how we should pray and how we should incorporate God's way of praying and God's people are praying and, and apply it to our lives that we get closer to God. And not only that we get closer to God, but the church becomes a praying uh, obstacle for God and that the world may see us as those who believe God. Verse number 10, chapter 6 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went up to his house in his window, being open in his chambers toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, his God, as he did before time. 
Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning king's degree. Has that now signed a degree that every man shall ask a petition of any god or any man within thirty days save of thee, O king? And it shall be cast in the den of lions. The king's answer said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which alter not. Then answered they said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captive of Judah, regarded not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. And when the king, had, when he heard these words, were sore displeased with himself, and he said, his heart on Daniel delivered him, and he labored till he, the growing down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Midians and the Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Father, we just thank you to what you've done. We thank you for your mercy and grace and love. Father, we just ask you to touch hearts this evening, Lord. It lift us up and encourage us, Lord. Help us to be a praying people and a praying church, Father, and we'll praise you for that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. We know that Daniel is a man that is caught in a situation, whether to pray or not to pray. What will he do? And as you look at Daniel's prayer, I guess you can, you can mark one of the characteristics of his prayers as a man who prayed in courage and conviction. A man who prays knowing what the consequences are that could fall upon him, what could happen to him. When, he, when we look at Daniel as prayer life, we see some things that we, we ought to see. We see the dilemma that he encounters. And there was always going to be a dilemma. Listen, there's always going to be a dilemma in that matter. Daniel's dilemma was threefold. Daniel was in a great dilemma. Far worse than what you and I are facing today. His dilemma was with the society of Babylon. That is where uh, he is living at. He's in, in, he's in the, his culture that he's living in is, has, uh, has posed a, a dilemma upon his faith, uh, upon his lifestyle. And we know that Babylon's system is the world system that the Bible talks about, the Word of God speaks about. Uh, he says, uh, uh, these are the believers of the living Word. These are the believers of the living in the world trying to live out his faith. Daniel's trying to uh, show the world that, that he's living in that he is a man of God and this is what he does and he wants the world to see he is a man of faith. Let me just say this uh, uh, shouldn't it be a great thing that the world look and see you and I that we are a people of faith uh, that we are a people who pray and we're not going to care what anybody says. He stands against a society. Daniel was in Babylon but not really of Babylon. Can I say this? We're of this world, but we're not of the world. The Bible tells us that. And he's living in a system that opposes everything against his faith. We can find the similarity of, with Daniel and our own nation that we live in today. 
in these times that we're living in, uh, as Babylon stood against the believers uh, in Daniel's day, uh, the world is ever present uh, uh, standing against the uh, people of prayer, the people of faith. Uh, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, you find in the Bible speaks of a world system that opposes God and His Word. And even in the Tower of Babylon is where uh, people try to raise themselves up to heaven in their own power. In their own works, we find that when God speaks of judgment, oftentimes He mentions Babylon. At Babylon, they sacrifice their babies uh, and their children at the altar of Baal in hopes of finding favor in their false gods. Throughout Babylon, there's sexual perversion and morality that's running. And here is Daniel, a man of God, a man of faith, is trying to live out his faith that what's going on in the society that Daniel is living in. The society is against Daniel and opposes Daniel and his faith. Not only is the society against Daniel, not only is the world that Daniel's living in is against him, but also the statism of that society was also against him. Daniel has found favor of God and that God is in his life. Even King Darius loves Daniel and appreciates Daniel. And all that he stands for in his faithfulness to his God that he, he serves. But Daniel here is a man that is hated by the statesmen, by the, the princes and the kings. Uh, and he said they serve him. But Daniel was a man that was hated by them because he had found favor in the king's eyes. Daniel's living his faith out. He's living in a world that is opposed of everything the people in high places are opposing Daniel and his faith. There are people working behind the scenes uh, uh, trying to get to him, trying to stomp Daniel out uh, and in his faith. They're trying to uh, get him to stop praying. And it was the people in high places, the princes and the presidents, all them people that have gotten behind the scenes uh, and they say, you know what, we can come against Daniel. You know, they tried to find a fault with Daniel and the only fault they could find with Daniel was that Daniel was a faithful man to his God and Daniel was faithful in prayer. Wouldn't that be great if they found us faithful in that? They couldn't find anything wrong with him. You know, you and I are like Daniel tonight, facing in what we believe in, increasing manner of hatred and hostility uh, 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 toward the people of God. You, you know, there are people in high places tonight that are trying to stop you. They're trying to stamp out the people of God. They're trying to shut their churches down. And they don't want you to pray. And there are people in high places right now. There are people who are trying to rewrite the Constitution. They're trying to rewrite the legislation. They want to shut you up. They want to stamp you out. And if they can get you to stop praying, they'll do it. I see that throughout this country. We've talked about it several times in Sunday School, but we see this uh, uh, spreading of the Antichrist movement throughout this country. 
that opposes the things of God. They don't like Jesus. They don't like the God of the Hebrews. They don't like Him. They don't like those who love Him and pray for Him and serve Him. Daniel's dilemma was society was against him. Society is against us. Those in high places were against Daniel. Those in high places are against us. But also, the statues were against Daniel. They came together and said, This is what we want, King. They've looked at Daniel and they can't find no fault in Daniel. They don't see anything wrong with Daniel. In fact, the only fault they found that he loves God and he prays to God. And the only thing that they can find against us is the same thing I pray. That we are people that love God and we are people that pray to God. And they said, we're going to use this against Daniel. We're going to take what we see against Daniel. So they make this law, this decree, the statue that nobody can pray for 30 days except they pray unto the king. Then this statue was made throughout the land. They're trying to shut up Daniel. They're trying to stop him from praying. And what a dilemma that he encounters in a land that opposes the true God and living God. Can I tell you that we're facing the same thing tonight? The same situation. They preached years ago, there will come a time when they'll try to stamp you out. We're living in a land that we say is free. But I can tell you that that's shifting tonight. There's a shift coming in America. There are those are uh, laws are being made to quiet the Christians down. In fact, in California, right now, you cannot sing in a church. They're rewriting the laws on how we are to worship in church tonight. They're trying to quieten us down. They're trying to shut us up. And they, are, uh, they oppose the way that we're worshiping God. And there's people behind the scenes they're working through politicians and illustration the way they did in Daniel's day. And we should not be surprised about this. The church has always stood in opposition of the ways of the world. It always stood against them. But it, it is that the church is a praying church. God will be faithful Keep us from this trial. We, we pray that, Lord, I, uh, Lord, help us not to go through these trials. Help us not to face those trials. But can I tell you, that's the wrong way to pray. The church was birthed in hostility. The church was birthed at the cross of Calvary. It grew in persecution. It de developed in prisons and dungeons. So why should we be more privileged than our forefathers? Why should we pray, Lord, uh, help us not go through those trials. Help us not to face that persecution. 
Can I say this? There's always going to be somebody that hates the church of Jesus Christ. So we should not pray, Lord, help us not go through those trials or those persecutions. But we should say, God, would you be, help us to be faithful in the midst of those persecutions. That we can stand in the face of the enemy and still declare Jesus Christ as the Lord even in the last days that we're living in. I'm going to tell you what, God needs to hear his people to stand up and declare that he is God. Daniel faced a dilemma. Can I say this? We're facing a dilemma tonight. As much like Daniel's, we don't have what Daniel's going through. They haven't said they'll throw us in the uh, den of lions. But let me just say this. They're coming to a time that they're going to say, Church, you cannot pray. Church, you cannot gather together. But are you praying? Will you stand true to God? Notice Daniel's determination. If you want to talk about courage and determination, resolve and bravery and spiritual strength, then you talk about Daniel. Would you would all agree that Daniel was a man of principle. Daniel resolved in his heart that he was going to pray even against this statue that they put out to him. There would be those who would say, Daniel, it's only 30 days. Daniel, you, you, you can wait 30 days. Surely you can wait. You don't have to really do it for 30 days. You know who people who says that? The citizens of Babylon would say that. The politicians would say that. You know who can't go that long without praying? The people of God. It's only 30 days. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you went 30 days without eating? When was the last time you went 30 days without sleeping? When's the last time you went 30 days without breathing? Daniel knew what was going on. Daniel knew what he had to face. The prayer of a Christian is that as the air is to the lung of a human. We've got to do it. We cannot hold back. The child of God must be found praying. The world must see you get away from praying for a little bit. They, they see you, well, they can't pray. You come pray and they're watching you. Say, hey, and you, they said you can't pray. I see you're not praying. But let me just say this. If you're not saved, then you can get by with it. But if you're saved, born again, bought by the blood of Jesus, you're going to pray no matter who says you can't pray. The world is saying, you can compromise. You can put it off. I like it. You can straddle the fence for 30 days. 
Let me tell you, we're living in a day where the rubber is finally meeting the road. We must determine. We must be unyielding and the people of principle in these last days. Well, Daniel, you know you can do it in private. Daniel could have done it in private, but that not, that's not Daniel. He probably was praying in private, but Daniel had a set time every day in a set place that he prayed. But can I say, get a hold of this. Private Christianity has never changed the world. It's never changed the world. God has called us to be a witness to the nations. And what's happening today, this is, we need to open up our doors and our gateways. And they're trying to impose things on us. Different statues are coming, degrees are coming, uh, laws are coming that will determine whether you're not, you're going to be a people of principle. And some of us need to be just like Joshua. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You've got to, you've got to have principles and you've got to be determined in your heart now. Not then, but you've got to determine in your heart now. Daniel was a man of purpose. Daniel purposed in his heart to do this thing. He said, I'm going to purpose in my heart. I'm not going to eat the king's meat. I'm not going to drink the king's wine. I'm going to live according to the ways of the Babylon. I'm not going to live that way. I, I don't have a temple. I don't have a congregation. I, I, I don't have a copy of the word of God. But I still can pray. Daniel said, I can get somewhere in my prayer closet and open up the doors of glory and get my face toward Jerusalem and I can start praying that the living God of heaven touch my heart and let me be a witness in Babylon, the place that I am. And that's where we need to be at today. We need to get the people of principle and, and the people of purpose that God will use us even in these last days, even in this nation even at the expense of our survival and our safety, we said, Lord, use us. Daniel's a man of prayer. That's what he's doing even in the face of this statue. He goes into his house. He opens his window. He's not hiding what Daniel does. He loves God. He serves God. He's praying to God. He's not hiding it. And he prays three times a day as normal. Listen, Daniel didn't get in trouble then start praying. Daniel started praying way before he got in trouble. That's the problem with a lot of Christians. They wait till they get in trouble and then they start praying. And let me just say this. If your prayer life is where it should be, you had already been praying up before the trouble gets there. He had been praying a long time before he got to the trouble. Now, can I tell you, if things are going to get worse, and they're going to get worse, 
the growing hostility against the church. We can't even wait until they throw us in a prison. We can't wait until they shut the doors. We can't wait until they uh, burn, the, burn us up the state. To, uh, we we got to be a people of prayer now. Praying now. Somebody somewhere is going to have to open up the window and let the world see you pray. And say, I'm not ashamed of God. We're not ashamed of the cross. We're not ashamed of Jesus. We're not ashamed of the Bible. We're not ashamed of the heaven. We're not ashamed of old time religion. We're not ashamed of being blood bought. We're, we're, we're people, we're glad and we're saved. We're people of God. I've been redeemed, thank God. Paul said it this way, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is a power unto salvation. We should not be ashamed no matter what comes our way because it's coming. We're living in the time of hostility. We're living in a time of persecution. We're living in a time that people hate our God. I'm glad I'm saved. And I'll stand at the open window and proclaim it to the world that needs to see that God is God. Somebody needs to open the window and let the world and that Lord Jesus Christ has done something for you. When's the last time you got in your prayer closet? Listen, that's where Christianity is made in the prayer closet. That's where sermons are made in the prayer closet. That's where singing is made in the prayer closet. That's where faith grows in the prayer closet. That is where God begins to water and nourish and grow our walk with Him in the prayer closet. I realize Daniel did it openly. And he'd been doing it privately for many days. But what we need to do, church, is determine in our hearts to exhibit our faith even in the face of opposition that we're facing in our culture today. He had a dilemma, but Daniel was determined. No matter what he faced, no matter what's coming his way, he said, I'm going to do what I've always done. And when he did that, when, when he faced the dilemma, when he and determined in his heart, we see that the deliverance that he experienced. They come to King Darius. Oh, King, we caught your boy. He was standing at that window. He was praying. Oh, King, you know that decree there. You wrote it. You signed it. You can't do nothing about it. They said, hey, King... You signed that decree and everybody agreed with it throughout the land. And they said, even King Darius, you are not above this decree. You can't change it. They just knew they had Daniel. They just knew they had him. And the Bible said it grieved King Darius in his heart. It grieved him.
Let me make this statement. Darius found favor with Daniel, and Daniel found favor with King Darius. But there was still spiritual opposition against him. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. The devil is always going to hate the church of Christ. Well, if I can just get this one in the White House, it'll be all right. If we can just vote this one in, it'll be all right. The devil is always going to hate the church of Jesus Christ. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be somebody in the high places working behind the scenes to shut you down. And that's what they're doing, Daniel. We saw you, Daniel. We saw you praying. You can't get about it. And the only thing that they could do is overcome it by prayer. They found him praying. Darius was grieved at about what had happened. And then he said, Darius said, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver you. You see how... See how Daniel was faithful in serving God. He served God faithfully. He's praying to God faithfully. And, and, and Darius sees this. He, Daniel finds favor in the eyes of Darius. And Darius sees Daniel and he says, Man, that's a faithful man. That's a good man. He's faithful to his God. He's praying to his God. It's starting to rub on Darius now. Bible said the king spent the night fasting and no sleeping. The next morning he ran to the den and he cried out, Daniel, oh Daniel, the servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually is able to deliver thee from the den. Can I say this now? Throughout Bible school, throughout Sunday school, throughout your time, you've always heard it called the uh, lion's den. Daniel and the lion's den. Well, being lion's den means their possession. That means that that lions own that den. The lions did not own that den. It was a den of lions. God still owned the den. The, The lions didn't own it. God still owned it. So he said, hey, did your, your God that you serve continuously, what is able to deliver you? Daniel cried from the den, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angels and shut up the lions that they had not hurt me. How many of you believe God will always deliver his people? that are faithful to Him. God will always deliver His people that are faithful to Him. If you're faithful to God, God is faithful to you. Daniel experienced a deliverance because of his prayers. And there's some things that I want to, right quick, I'll get in the message now. 
Three things I want you to see that we can learn from Daniel's experience here. I want you to write them down. I want you to be very, very cautious about this. Because we need to learn this. First thing I see, God does not always exempt us from our trials. What? You mean God's going to make me go through trials? God's not always going to exempt us from trials. That is why Daniel learned in his deliverance. The fact that he, he was delivered means that he was delivered from something. He goes through a trial. He had to go through the trial in order to be delivered from a trial. He was not exempt because he was faithful to God. He was not exempt because he prayed to God. He was not exempt because he's a man of God. But God was with him in the midst of that trial and God delivered him out of that trial. And there's times in our life that God will not exempt you and I. We all have enemies. We are all fighting some spiritual warfare at one time or another. But can I say God honors those who are faithful and pray? We're not exempt from going through trials. I see this. God uses diverse times to glorify His name. I told you, Daniel found favor with Darius, and Darius found favor with Daniel. You see, you see Darius seeking and praying to the Lord. He's looking and trying to find out about this God of Israel. All because of what Daniel went through. All because of the trial he went through. Because Daniel prayed in his prayer life. It glorified the Father. It testified of God through his faithfulness and in his praying. It might be, church, that God is allowing us to go through these last days and what we're facing, these adverse times, uh, trying times that we're uh, critical in our faith tonight, not to just reach a place of despair, but rather the world may see him in us. That the world may know him and there is a God in heaven about what we face and how we deal with it. What you do in a trial speaks volumes of who God is in your life. It's nothing worse than see a Christian going through trial after trial and stand there and wringing their hands going, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Let me just say this. Daniel never once said that. Daniel was faithful. Daniel stood strong. He didn't say, oh, Dick Keen, yeah, you know what I have? We had it hooked on together. We, we're faithful to each other. Uh, don't throw me in. Daniel didn't say that. He said, I will trust in my God. I'll believe in my God. And that's what God wants you and I to do is trust and believe in Him tonight. No matter what we go through. No matter what we face. No matter what comes our way. It might be that church, God is allowing us to go through these in the adverse times to bring somebody to Him. Show the world who He is in us. 
And we see in this story that we learn that vengeance belongs to God. Daniel comes out of the end of lines. Darius sees him that he's saved. He's happy. At the end of the chapter, you'll read, and the king commanded to bring all the men that accused Daniel. Not only, not only the king, but he said, bring their wives and bring their children. And the Bible says they threw them into the den of lions. The bones were crushed. They were destroyed in the, the den. Daniel was on the outside praising God for what God had done. Daniel was a man of prayer. And I, I believe that we can learn from Daniel and his courageous praying, no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, no matter what they, the system throws at us, no matter what the Babylon system, the world that we live in today is throwing at us, no matter what law or statute they may bring to us, that we're going to be faithful to God. And we've got to determine in our hearts we're going to be faithful to God. We must have a purpose that we're serving God. And when the world needs to see somebody standing and saying, I am a servant of God, I'll pray to God. God, no matter where I'm at. It'll be a time that they say you can't pray in a restaurant. It's coming. The world don't want to hear you talk about Jesus. They don't want to hear you talk about God. It's coming. But we're going to have to have a determination in our heart. Now, we can't wait until the rough times come. We can't wait to walk through the door and say, y'all going to jail because y'all going to church. And trust me, that's coming too. That's coming too. They already done said you can't go nowhere for Christmas. They already done said that. Stay home. Stay home. You can't go nowhere. But I'm going to be at church. I'm going to be at church. I'm going to pray to my God. I serve my God. And I don't care who's above me that says you can't, because God is over all of them. God is still in control. Amen. We can be like Daniel. We can have...